Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Televised Podcast. My name is Anna, and today we're going to be talking about Supergirl Season 5, Episode 7. It was a doozy, for sure. I think, to be honest, I really think it was one of the best episodes of the series, like point blank, period. Um, and so I'm really excited to talk about it today. Um, I'm going to be real with you guys. I haven't watched, I haven't seen Batwoman this week yet. I have not, I haven't had time to sit down and actually watch this week's Batwoman because I missed it because on Sunday I was busy celebrating my birthday. Um, and so I haven't had the time. And, and then yesterday I went to go see a screener for Frozen, which it was great. So I'm totally not caught up on Batwoman right now, which is very upsetting to me because I heard that it was such a good episode and that it was like a super Sophie-focused uh, episode. So I think um, we're not going to have an episode next week because the show is off for a week. Both shows are off for a week, so I'm not going to have an episode next week. But um, the week after, I'll probably talk about both episode 7 and episode 8 of Batwoman, uh, hopefully. So... Sorry to disappoint if you really like me talking about Batwoman. Um, I Again, I apologize. I just have been super busy and finals are coming up. I'm in college. I, I'm struggling, um, but we're working on it. We're working on it. Um, so yeah, uh, but let's just, I guess, dive right into 507 of Supergirl. Um, so I made a joke on Twitter that I was like, all right, I'm not even going to recap the whole episode. I'm just going to talk about Supercorp. And that's not true. <laughs> I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the other things that happened in the episode because I think some of them were very interesting. Because, um, you know, sometimes you have storylines in an episode where you're like, this is so interesting. And then all the other ones are like, meh, boring. Well, I thought this one was like really good on all fronts. I think it, it hit all of the the things that it needed to do because the episode was so character uh, driven and character focused, which I really, really appreciated. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the other things that happened in the episode. And then we're going to talk about Supercorp, especially that scene. And you know what scene I'm talking about. Honestly, one of my favorites, <laughs> you might think I'm crazy, but that's it's one of my favorite Supercorp scenes ever because they finally got to yell at each other. They finally got to lash out. I, uh, I just love it. So I'm excited to talk about that. But first, let's get into some of the other stuff. So Leviathan. So all of these Leviathan baddies just hang out in this house. And, <laughs> and it's like so stupid. <laughs> it's like so funny. I'm like, you just like pick this old rundown house and y'all just sit here and play cards or whatever like it's so funny I'm like man y'all really are that like baddie crime syndicate for real um so they hang out at this house and Brainy he totally figures this whole thing out because one of his iPhone cameras was like glitching so he's like he discovers it super super easily and but there is these like safety pr protocols that this lady, I don't think she was ever named in the episode. I didn't catch a name. If you caught a name for that blonde lady, please let me know. Um, but I didn't I didn't catch a name on on that lady. So 
she has these safety protocols in where Brainy and Alex just like walk into the house and they walk into the elevator. I'm like, this is too easy. And so she basically like used magic or whatever to like make the elevator take them down to like a cave, even though, um, you know, there's like the rest of the house that's there, but they can't find it. Um, I thought that was really interesting because I'm like, damn, this is just too easy. Like, they're just going to walk in. Like, what are they going to do? Like, Alex was even like, what are we going to do? Like, we need to call Supergirl, like, right now. (laughs) It was really interesting. So, um, and we had Ramakan this episode, obviously. He is basically like an avatar, like... (laughs) Well, he's, like, an earthbender from Avatar, so he basically is, like, able to, like, shift the earth and bend the earth, and they, like, find out that he's, like, responsible for every natural disaster that's ever happened on the planet, like, Noah's Flood and, like, Pompeii and all of those kind of things. Like, he's responsible. He was there. He was, and it's some kind of, like, crazy conspiracy theory. And Brainy's like, guys, listen, this is not a conspiracy theory. We have this bitch. We have him. It's true. And so uh, he eventually finds um, Kara and Lena in the fortress because he's trying to get after Lena. He's really not even worried about Kara. He's just trying to get after Lena because she has the medallion. And so he finds them in the fortress. And um, Kara uh, basically, like uses the fortress to her advantage because technically it is the only place on earth that doesn't actually have much earth like on it the only way that he was able to use his powers is because he broke through the ice that was in the fortress but Kara froze that back over so now he's like totally totally screwed because he can't use his powers if there's no earth around to manipulate because that's what that's all he does is just he manipulates the earth um which opens the door for well first for Kara to make a bunch of jokes which was great I loved it every time she's in the fortress she's so funny like remember when she had Mixie in the in the fortress and and she was like drinking orange juice I'm like this is so great um and so Kara says a bunch of jokes like, Welcome to Krypton, old man. I'm just peeved you didn't knock. I have home court advantage, which was so great. Little did I know that the only reason they probably included that was because they wanted to have some kind of comic relief before they threw us, like, Lena screaming at Kara. <laughs> um, but actually, Kara and Lena defeat Ramakan together. Lena manipulated this gun that was there that of Lex's to like hurt Kryptonians. She like manipulated it to like, I don't know, break Ramakan down or whatever. I don't know whatever happened. And so Kara and her like worked together to like take him down. And then Lena like said bye and yeeted. Um, uh, so then John, John and uh, Malefic, they have this kind of storyline that happens throughout the episode. Um, John, he can feel that his brother is still on Earth, but he assumes that it's just like his guilt eating away at him. Um, but he goes to pray uh, and and his dad, you know, comes to visit him like he did uh, the time before. And he's like, his dad's basically like, nah, he's on Earth. He's like just across town. Like, he's here. <laughs> it's not just, like, guilt. Like, he's, he's here. It's fine. Um, uh, so they, the catch is that in order to, to, to 
uh, like find Malefic and to get him to trust Jean again, Jean has to open up his brain. Well, his mind, you know, he has to open up his mind and basically let his guard down, which could give Malefic the opportunity to just kill him. Because uh, John wants Malefic to access those memories of what happened so that he can understand, you know, where he's coming from, why he did what he did, you know, all of that stuff. So basically, John's like, you know, I guess I've got to do this. Like, he has to make a choice. Banish Malefic to the Phantom Zone again, or open up his mind with the chance that Malefic might kill him. So, Jean goes to Lena's lab. He appears in the in the cage with Malefic, and he's got the, the Phantom Zone uh, portal gun thing, and basically he's like, I'm here to, like, make peace, basically. He's like, I don't want to use this if I don't have to. Like, I'm going to let you into my mind. I'm going to let you see what I did and what why I did what I did and all this kind of stuff. And I'm going to basically give you the chance to kill me. And Malefic's like, fine, I'll just kill you. But then he sees all of his memories and they end up, like, weeping together in each other's arms, which was so sweet. It was so nice. Um, and I loved that it was kind of a parallel for, well, Malefic has been a parallel uh, for Lena this whole time. And I think that the fact that they reconciled their differences gives me hope for like Supercorp in the future to reconcile their differences. Um, and uh, <laughs> I think it's funny too, because like, what is Lena going to say when she comes back from just like screaming at Kara and getting everything out and stealing uh, myriad. She comes back to her lab <laughs> and, like, her emotional support hostage is gonna be gone. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, Lena, come on, girl. Oh, man. Uh, so then we had some stuff with Kelly and Alex, which was great. Um, so Alex was basically brought into a trap with Brainy by Leviathan, um, where they set out Rip Roar's, like, his little turtle shell thing, and they were like, we know that these DEO guys are gonna come and, like, try to capture Rip Roar, but the trick is Leviathan killed him at the end of the last episode, so, um, they blow up Rip Roar's turtle shell when they are approaching him, and, um, so one of Brainy's iPhone cameras cracks, and Alex gets a concussion and she basically collapses on the scene. Um, so then we see Alex and Kelly in the DEO med bay. Kelly looking super worried. Alex is like waking up. She's like, Kelly, what are you doing here? Um, and so basically Alex, uh, Kelly, excuse me, basically Kelly tells Alex that they have to break up. She's like, I cannot take this PTSD any longer. I watched my fiance die in battle and I can't watch you die like that. She's like, I just can't. I can't do it. And I'm not going to tell you that you need to, you know, quit your job for me. Like, I'm just going to leave because this is a me problem. Um, and 
uh, Alex is uh, before that before Kelly even said anything Alex was basically like you feel like home and Kelly just kind of ripped her heart out and it was such a real moment because I love that I love that we're exploring you know Kelly's trauma and and Alex you know later well I guess I'll get to that right now she Alex ends up going to Catco slash Obsidian to find Kelly she's like RIP to you, but I'm different. We're not breaking up, basically. She's like, "Uh uh-uh, we're not breaking up. And so she goes to talk things out with Kelly, and she's like, you know what, Kelly? You fixed me. Like, I was broken, and now I'm better, and you fixed me. You put me back together. I feel like a whole person again. Like, I was just a shell of a person. Now I feel whole again, and I want to help you do the same. I want to help you become a whole person again, and Kelly was like, but what if I'm too broken to fix? And Alex is like, uh-uh-uh, nope, because I'm gonna help you because we're going to work through this together. And then Kelly's like, you feel like home too. And it was just, uh, it was so sweet. They kiss and they make up and it was, uh, it was so sweet. Huh. It was just so sweet. I just, uh, I love dancing so much. I just, uh, I love dancing so much. There's just, uh, there's such a good couple. Like, I love, listen, I, you, y'all know how I feel about Sanvers, (laughs) but I just think that they truly are, like, doing such amazing things with dancing, and I wish, God, I wish that people weren't racist, and then they would look past, you know, all of their, like, misguided hatred that they have for Kelly, or, God, for Ozzy, like, just so ridiculous, I'm just like, guys, like, look at this. This is better representation than Sanvers was. Like, Sanvers was kind of shit. And here we are. These lesbians are communicating with each other. They're talking about their issues. They're figuring things out together. And it is, I mean, it's slow and it's beautiful. And it's, I don't know. I just, I'm in love with dancing. Like, seriously. Them and Brainia are, like, favorite couples on Supergirl of all time. Like, they're just so good. And... I just wish that, oh god, I just wish that Sanvers fans, like, that they would just go away. Like, seriously, just go away. You don't like Ozzy, you know, screw you. You don't like Kelly. Just stop watching. Like, Jesus Christ, get out of here. I just, I cannot stand, like, all of this, like, hatred that I always see. And that's why I'm always, like, talking about how much I love dancing because you, I need to, like, you know, if you love something, like, let the people who are a part of it know, like, you know, tweet Ozzy nice things, like, whatever, because you have to try and drown out this terrible, awful, disgusting stuff that Sanders stands, like, put out into the world, always. I just, oh god, I just hate it, and I, I wish that they would just go away. It's like caramels, like, y'all just go away. Your ship has been gone. For a long time. It's been two years since Maggie left. Straight up. It has been two whole years. Like, give it up, please. If anything, Maggie's gonna show up on Batwoman, which is what I don't want. But if anything, that's where she would show up. So I I mean I don't I don't want that. Please, God, I don't want that. But I just genuinely I God, I just cannot stand that people are so 
mean about dancing when it's literally like god it's so good and kyler and ozzy have such good chemistry and they just really work and the way that alex and kelly just like look at each other i'm like oh my god they're like endgame like dancing endgame i don't care like literally the moment that kyler takes hashtag sanvers out of her bio and puts hashtag dancing that's when i win like i know that people will cyber bully her for it but i need that to happen like Please take Sanvers out of your bio. Put hashtag dancing in there because that shit is endgame. Screw Sanvers. I hate Sanvers. God damn. Okay. Sorry about that. But it's all true. It's true. Um, so now here we go. I'm going to talk about Kara and Lena. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> so... We kind of kick off this episode with Lena versus the old Leviathan lady. Um, they mentioned her name, but I can't remember because she's always going to be the old Leviathan lady. Like, she's got a name, but, you know, she's always going to be that old Leviathan lady. So Lena's penthouse is basically jacked with security. Like, she's got beefy security. But she lets the old Leviathan lady get into her house on purpose. And the Leviathan lady is like... I'm gonna kill you. And Lena's like, not so fast. And she's got like this protective barrier just around her. And she's basically like, uh, I'm not giving you what you want, Leviathan lady, so you better go. <laughs> you you better leave. So she leaves. And Hope Eve comes out and she's basically like, uh, why do you care about this necklace so much? Like, it literally has no value. Like, it doesn't do anything. You just wear it. Like, it, <laughs> it has no value. And Lena's like, well, it had value to my mom and it has value to Leviathan, which I can use to my advantage. So she decides to host this L Corp event where she's like, oh, I love running these trails. And I'm like, haha, Katie can't run. And um, so she's <laughs> so she hosts this L Corp event on this cliff, of course. And Hope Eves is like, basically, just don't just cancel this event. Like, you know, Leviathan is going to come after you. And Lena's like, let them come. I know that Supergirl's going to save me, um, which, again, this is, like, proving Lena's intentions with Kara of using her. Um, so then we move on to uh, this, the bridal carry and the stuff that happens in the DEO and the road trip. So um, I love the bridal carry. I loved it. I <laughs> People were pointing out, too, that, like, when you look at the this Supercorp bridal carry versus... Um, the bridal carry where um, Kara caught Kelly. Like, Kara's hand placement is totally different. Like, she's very up on the shoulders of Kelly. Um, and she's like grasping Lena's back. It's, it's, so she's, she's like, it's like she has her, her hand more on her lower back, Lena's, I mean. And, um, and Lena holds on to Kara's shoulder. Whereas Kelly, like, kind of just, like, kept her arms, like, in her lap, basically, um, and, like, kind of grabbed onto Kara's, like, arm, um, which, again, like, it's just totally different. Like, the way that your sister's girlfriend, you know, acts in a bridal carry versus how your girlfriend acts in a bridal carry, basically, um, um, and it's just another, like, classic 
Carrie slash Chloe is parallel slash, you know, like heroic moment for them. And I love that. I, I'm very upset though, that we did not get behind the scenes pictures of that bridal carry because it's what we deserved. It, we deserved it. Cause you know, we got the pictures of the first one. <sighs> we deserved the second one. God damn. Anyway. So, um, Kara takes Lena to the DEO and she's like, they try to figure out who Ramakan is, and that's when they discover that he's been everywhere, and Brainy tells them the conspiracy theory, and Lena's like, well, hey, Superman took all of Lex's old weapons, like the super, super dangerous ones, and put them somewhere. I think he destroyed them, and Kara's like, uh-uh, Superman wouldn't do that. Why would he destroy weapons? Which is so stupid. I would destroy everything. Like, why can't they get rid of it? Anyway, so Kara's like, nah, they're at the Fortress of Solitude. And Lena's like, the what? And Kara's like, well, come on, let's go. We'll take a road trip over there. And Lena's kind of like hesitant, but I, you know, she's very much acting hesitant. Like she knows she like, this is a part of her plan. Um, so off they go to the Fortress of Solitude. So at the fortress, Kara looks so happy when they first get there to finally share a piece of her home with Lena like she's always wanted to do because you know it wasn't only just like hiding her identity from Lena like it was hiding like truly a part a huge part of who she is you know she she was just being Cara Danvers with Lena like truly and so now she can finally be Cara Zor-El with Lena and she actually said that in front of Lena which was amazing and I loved it and I hope that one day in the future hopefully soon when they kind of reintroduce themselves to each other I really hope that she says you know I'm Kara Zor-El like nice to meet you basically so then uh Lena basically gets trapped in this ice uh block because of her Luther DNA but also because she has this like kryptonite ring and the transmatter portal watch and she's like, stop, I don't have a ring or a watch. Like, what? What? I'm not Lex. And Kara's like, yeah, Fortress, she's not Lex. So she basically is like, disarms the whole thing. And, but Lena had all that stuff. So like it, like, it was valid. Like, it wasn't like the thing was broken. Like, Lena had all that stuff. She just, you know, acted like she didn't. Um, and so... I loved this moment. So I talked about in my Supercorp, like top five best Supercorp episodes of Supergirl episode, um, I talked about Kara and Lena's weird power dynamic. I talked about how, uh, you know, Lena believes that she's the one doing all the saving when really it's Kara. And they actually address this. I'm like, oh my God, they actually talked about it on the show. Lena's basically like, uh... I thought that I was saving my, like, poor, meek reporter friend this whole time, but little did I know, you know, that she was the one saving me. And basically, she brings up Kaznia. She brings up, will the real Miss Tessmacher please stand up? And she's like, you know, when we, when the plane was going down, like, I thought that I was saving you, but you could fly. And I think that she maybe thinks that Kara, to protect her secret, put her in danger, like, wouldn't save her. Because I don't know if she, like, I I don't know. Does she believe that she saved the plane or does she believe that Kara saved the plane? I don't know. Because if she believes that she saved the plane, then Kara sat there when she could fly. Then Kara just, like, sat there and 
basically let the plane go down to, to save her identity, which, again, kind of proves Lena's theory that Kara really doesn't care about her. Because, you know, Lena has this kind of theory that uh, their whole friendship was a uh, pretense, was uh, their whole friendship was just um, Kara using Lena, that not, there wasn't an honest moment in their friendship. So she believes that Kara does not care at all about her. And so if she believes that she was the one to land the plane, then she's basically like, yeah, Kara doesn't give a shit about me because she let she was going to let the plane go down, basically. And so I thought that was really interesting that they got to talk about that because I, you know, I talked about it and I, I think it's one of it was one of the most interesting parts of their old dynamic that they had. So it's cool. Um, and then. Lena reprograms the fortress. This was cold. This was cruel. Um, so Lena says that she's going to send a communication to Brainy, and she looks so excited to use the alien tech in the fortress that Kara is basically like, knock yourself out, do whatever you want. And in that moment, Lena actually reprograms the fortress to attack Kara instead of Luther DNA, um, to attack Kara's DNA instead of, uh, you know, Luther DNA. And so... Uh, they also find the vault with the weapons, and inside is Myriad. Um, so Kara explains that her family made it, like Aunt Astra, Uncle Nan, like she goes through all that stuff, and she's like, it was terrible, it was the worst, everybody got turned into into mindless zombies, like it was awful. And Lena's basically like, well, 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 guess I gotta take it. <laughs> she's already like plotting to take it. Um, so then, after Kara and Lena fight Ramakan, Lena gets found out. She Kara catches Lena leaving with Myriad, and she's like, "Lena, what? Where are you go? Like, why? Why do you have Myriad?" And Lena's basically she's like just gives up. And so I don't really believe that Lena ever intended to walk out of the fortress without Kara knowing her plan, you know, like without Kara knowing that she's using her, like this was like the final nail in her coffin to hurt Kara. Cause this is Kara like opening up her home, opening up her home planet, like opening up Krypton, a huge part of her for Lena and Lena's just taking advantage of it, like just using her. And she knew that that would hurt Kara the most. So she's like, you know what? I'm just going to do it because, like, she knew that Kara would figure something out if, if Lena just, like, disappeared and Myriad disappeared, like, so she was like, you know what, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to basically say everything that I want to say. So, because, you know, what's the point in hurting your best friend if she doesn't know that you're hurting her, <laughs> basically, is what's, what's going on. And, um, so Katie and Melissa for this scene, this fight that they have, I think that, especially Katie, she did such a good job. They deserve some kind of award, an Emmy, whatever, for this shit. Like, it was so good. Like, Katie gave truly one of the best performances of her life on this, in this episode. 
and it was just so good it was so well-rounded it was so you know, like it was just it had everything in it and i just adored that and melissa as well like katie is there she's shaking with anger it's raw it's real she's got the sadness she's got the betrayal she's got the hurt she's got especially the anger and then melissa she just looks like she's gonna collapse like kara just looks like the whole entire world just crashed down on her which i think was a really cool acting choice because kara you know she doesn't feel gravity really i mean she doesn't feel the weight of it you know she she feels light 24 7 because she's super super strong but for her to look weighed down like that oh god it was amazing um and now my favorite line of the whole thing so she says i killed my brother for you for our friends don't you understand what you've done she does it way better than that but that's my favorite line and so the thing is, no, Kara doesn't understand. She truly cannot fathom how much Lena is, is in pain right now. Because, yes, we saw the backstory of Andrea and, and, and Lex and all of that stuff. But Kara doesn't know any of that. Literally, all she knows is Lex and, you know, Lillian. But really, like, she doesn't even know the full, full, full story of all of that either. So, so she's like, she can't understand. And Lena saying this so desperately is just showing how badly she wanted Kara to understand the pain that she caused her. Yet she refused to make her feelings known. Like, she's not going to talk about it. She just wants Kara to somehow understand. And... All of these feelings have just been simmering under the surface while she sits in her apartment for three months and thinks about every single moment of their friendship. And, like, Kara naively believed that she solved everything at the Pulitzer ceremony. But also, her talking about how easy everything has been with Lena was almost like she was waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, she knew something wasn't right. She just stood there and took all of Lena's pain and she just put it on her shoulders too because that's what Supergirl does you know she had to kind of like slip into Supergirl to be able to keep standing basically um and for that line also where she says you know I killed my brother for you for our friends that sounds like a married couple line not to be like that but it does like when you say like our friends like for you you who are separate and then our friends like that puts Kara on a whole nother level of of you know friendship or whatever you know puts Kara in a in a different category and the way that she adds for our friends makes it sound like she said too much you know like she's like revealed too much like that she just killed Lex for Kara simply like that's it she's like I killed my brother for you and our friends basically and and i just oh god i loved it that just that whole like three lines was just brilliant brilliant so then kara basically puts lena or excuse me lena puts kara into a ice block because the fortress is attacking her and it's and it's laced with kryptonite but not enough to kill her but and really not enough to do much because you can't really see the I mean you see the veins on her skin with the kryptonite but it's not as bad you know as we've seen it before so it's definitely subtle 
it's kind of like it reminded me of when Red Daughter was kind of exposed to the kryptonite because Kara had it. I, I think, it, it, you know, it reminded me of that, where it wasn't enough to really do much damage, but, you know, it was enough to make her feel it. And so Kara says, you are a good person. And Lena says, no, you are, you don't ever get to tell me who or what I am again. And I love that because, like, Lena relied on Kara's constant reassurance so much. And now she's finally, you know, like, throwing it back in her face. She's like, I don't need anyone or anything. And I, I don't know. I thought that was just, like, a cool moment. It was a cool moment of Lena kind of, like, having her independence. But really, she doesn't because she's still so hung up on Kara that she's not independent from Kara. She's just doing it on her own, basically. And then Kara asks, are you going to kill me? Are you, yeah, are you going to try to kill me? And Kara sounds, she just sounds so resolute and so willing to die, basically, because she hurt Lena so badly. And it also sounded like the last thing that Kara wanted to ask, but she just had to because Lena trapped her in kryptonite. So what other end to this scenario, like, is there? And Lena looks so devastated when Kara asks because no, like, she would never kill Kara, but this confirmed for her that the suspicion that Kara believed that she was truly a Luther all along. She's like, I'm not a villain. You shouldn't have treated me like one. And it's absolutely, you know, a reference to, you know, season three when Supergirl and Lena were fighting so much. Um, so then we have um, the, like, romanticness of it all. Uh, Lena says, then I met you. And it's totally like a classic love interest line. Like, don't tell me that's not straight out of a Hallmark movie. Like, Lena swears off friendship. And Kara comes in with her earnestness and her warmth and chips away at her armor, which are literally the lines that Lena said, until Lena's believing in love again. And then this whole betrayal happens and it tears her entire worldview apart. Like, all of these feelings and emotions didn't come out for any of the other times that she'd been betrayed. I mean, like, she didn't even lash out after Andrea. She just moved on. She didn't lash out after Lex. Uh, she just pushed forward. But Kara was the one to make her snap. Like, after Kara's betrayal, after opening up to her and holding her and reassuring her, it made her totally change what she thinks of, like, the whole world. And it's just, like, crazy. Like, don't tell me that that's not endgame behavior. <laughs> um, so then we have the end. We leave Kara crying in the block of ice at the fortress. And there are two things, I mean, there's a lot of things about that scene that upset me, but there are two things that stick out to me. One, Kara is claustrophobic. She hates tiny spaces. Like, they bring her back to the Phantom Zone, and the fact that Lena has no idea and just left her there is heartbreaking enough as it is. But, I mean, I would love it just to dig up, you know, some more of Kara's trauma if next episode Alex finds Kara having a panic attack in the fortress. Um, I mean... I don't know. I would just like it because I think we deserve to talk about Kara's trauma on screen. You know, we talked about it a lot during season one, her anger specifically. But I would like to talk about her trauma. Like we talked about it a bit in um, uh, Triggers. Was that the name of the episode? Season three, episode two, three, episode two or three. You know, the one with um, Sai where she, you know, has these panic attacks. And I would love that if we could see that again. Um, so, and then also, Kara totally could have broken out of the ice. 
Like, the kryptonite weakens her, yes, but it doesn't fully take away her powers, especially with how little she was exposed to. Lena purposefully wasn't going to expose her to any lethal amount because she wants Kara to live and she doesn't want to hurt Kara that badly. So Kara could have broken out, but she stayed. She stayed in there almost like an act of self-harm. I'm I'm worried about Kara because she looked so willing to die by Lena's hand because she can't stand a world where her and Lena aren't okay. Like, she was just willing to stay in the kryptonite cage because she wanted to punish herself for what she did to Lena, which is horrifying. Like, oh my god, she's such a self-sacrificing heart of gold that she's like, I'm just willing to do whatever it takes to make things right with Lena, and I deserve to be punished because I hurt her that bad. And so, um, some other lines I thought were interesting were like, biggest mistake of my life, someone you love lie to you, wasn't a single honest moment in our friendship, and Kara's like, that's not true, and Lena being evil, like, there's not a chance because Brainy trusts her, he's from the future, and he trusts Lena, like, literally, like, because <laughs> in the future, they even said that L Corp was one of the companies that developed something good I can't remember like the anti-lead poisoning thing or whatever you know and so I mean I don't know hopefully we'll get to see like Kara and Lena learn how to be friends again with everything on the table now um and like I said before like Lena doesn't even care doesn't believe that Kara cares at all she believes that Kara was just using her this whole time and like the reveal she even describes her tears as crocodile tears you know like not genuine, totally fake, you know, whatever. And um, so I also had this post that I wanted to read from one of my mutuals um, that from uh, Gemily Roses, who said, let's talk about something I think a lot of people are overlooking. Based on the promo for episode eight, Kara's putting saving Lena over saving the world. When the Daxamites invaded Earth, Kara released the lead into the air with hesitation but also determination because she knew it was what was right losing monel would be worth it if she could fulfill her purpose and save the world however in the promo for episode eight you hear alex tell kara that they need to stop lena and that the fate of the world depends on it and how does kara respond she refuses she wants to try and get through to lena herself although it may put the world in danger so much so that she puts herself in front of a kryptonite cannon and pleads with her despite not knowing if she'll be able to get through to her this is a strong parallel to the conversation she once had with Clark when he told her that if it came to a choice of choosing to save the world or Lois, he would always choose Lois. And this is what Kara is cho- doing here. She's choosing to save Lena over the world, and that speaks volumes within itself, uh, which I think is true. I think that's totally, totally true. Um, just another, you know, romantic Lois parallel that we have. Um, so I have some more theories really quick. And then I think that's all I got. Um, So Kara, well, okay, here's what I want to happen. I want Kara to give Lena her own journals, just like she gave Lena Lex's journals. It would be a nice parallel to have. um, And then it would help Lena understand that their whole friendship wasn't, you know, just a pretense. Like, this is just showing that Kara just genuinely adores Lena. And... I mean, like, they put her journals in the Red Daughter episode and had Red Daughter read them, so why not just put them in this episode? Like, seriously. 
Um, and so in the trailer, we see Kara on the other end of a kryptonite cannon, ready to stop Lena. So what if Lena goes to disarm the cannon and Hope Eve fires them anyway, and Lena has to watch the woman she loves fall out of the sky? Because I think something big has to happen for Lena to, like, realize that she still, like, loves Kara. You know, like, something big. So it's either happening in the next episode or it's happening in Crisis. Even though they're working together in Crisis, like, which has been spoiled by the the stills that they released from Crisis. But, um, so something has, has to go down, like, for Lena to realize that Kara, you know, like, she loves Kara and she can't stand to lose her. Um, and so then in the promo, Alex says, you know, she's acting like a Luther. And the reason I think that Alex calls Lena a Luther is because she probably is the one to find Kara in the fortress trapped in a kryptonite-infused ice block. And that's, like, pretty damning, you know? Like, it's pretty Lexi of her to do that. And so I think that, you know, Alex is kind of justified in why she calls Lena a Luther. Um, but Kara still fights for Lena like she does. She doesn't give up on her. She's literally begging her from the other side of the kryptonite cannon. And I mean, I just, I hope that it's some kind of heartfelt confession that she gives where she's like, Lena, you know, like, I love you. Like, I've never been, like, the trickery was never a thing. Like, you think that I don't care, but I do kind of thing. So I hope that that happens, um, in this next episode. So, also, I think it would be cool if in Crisis, Kara and Lena were somehow able to see their own pasts the way that Jean and Malefic were. Like, if they could just see what the other has gone through, they would understand each other so much better. <sighs> and speaking of Crisis, the trailers looked amazing. Uh, someone on Twitter said that Lex uh, and extension Lena is Kara's test. And I think that'd be really cool from the monitor, you know, because he brought Lex back to life. And so that's a lot of trauma that we're about to dig up. Um, and they had the cape, like the death of Superman, which was interesting. And then we saw in the stills the Clovis baby. And finally, everybody gets to come to Earth 38, which I'm so happy about. Like, seriously, so, 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 so happy that finally people are coming to Earth 38. Like, that has never happened before. It's all I've ever wanted. I want Lena to meet Kate Kane, Oliver Queen. I don't care. I want them all to meet. I want to see Alex and Kate Kane. I want to see Sarah and Kate and Alex and Kara. And I, oh God, I just, I'm so excited for Crisis. I am so excited for Crisis. Oh my God. It's going to be so good. It's, oh man, it's going to be so good. Um, but I think that that is all that I have for today. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I will see you guys not next week, but in two weeks because there is not an episode this coming weekend. So I will see you guys then. Um, be sure to, you know, like, subscribe, follow, rate, whatever. Do all the things. You can tweet me at TelevisedPod. Let me know what you think. Leave me a comment, whatever. And yeah, so I hope you guys have a good Thanksgiving if you're from America. Um, and yeah, so I will see you guys in two weeks. Bye. Bye.